It's time for the Baseball Talk Radio Show with the great Gary Mack and Rich Baxter talking all about our favorite sport and probably yours too, Major League Baseball. So sit back, relax, listen to the show. Write us an email, rich at baseballtalkradio.com or gary at baseballtalkradio.com. And this show is dedicated to Mr. Tim McCarver, who passed away this past week. What a great baseball player he was and a great announcer. We're going to talk more about him on next week's show, but this is dedicated to Tim McCarver. Take it away, Gary. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to another edition of the Baseball Talk Radio Show. My name is Gary Mack, and I'm joined, as usual, on a Sunday by the great, the one, the only, Mr. Rich Baxter. Rich, how are you on this? I guess it's a kind of an overcast, chilly uh, Sunday, uh, sort of a fall, wintry day out there. No sun uh, overcast. I mean, it's overcast, but uh, I better get away from the weather reports and just say, Rich, how are you? Hey, thank you very much, Gary. Doing great. It's not as bad around me right now it's a little spring-like out there and nice uh we got some sunshine for now but uh feeling much more like spring because guess what this past week spring training opened up down in florida out in arizona and uh, i couldn't be more happy how about yourself oh yeah it's great to see uh uh uh, the uh, boys out there and uh you know what's the biggest thrill i think uh was I was watching a little video clip and and uh, that first pop when you hear that pop the the pitcher throwing a ball and uh, the the catcher catching it and that the pop of the mitt and the crack of the bat you hear that for the first time in the year it really is uh, uh, you know it's a it's a big thrill for us baseball fans other people may not realize it and say oh you're crazy but. You know, you hear that, and it really means that the uh, summer's around the corner, and that baseball's around the corner, and I I can't wait. It's just, uh, and of course, some of the guys are in earlier. Got in uh, early uh, last Monday uh, because they're going to leave camp and go to the World Baseball Classic uh, camps, I guess, for their teams. Uh, got a few days in ahead of time with their regular team. So uh, it's going to be a great time. And we're going to have some baseball games early with the world baseball classic. So that's even, uh, even uh, better, but rich, can you believe already? We're, we're almost done with February. It just yeah. seems like it just came. Yeah. Time is flying by as we were talking about a little bit, before the show and by the way i want to wish you a very happy birthday um this past week as well well i thank you so much uh it's very kind of you it was uh, uh a number i don't care to uh, <laughs> disclose <laughs> i don't care disclosing it it was 70 yeah. but i i don't like it myself <laughs> i hear you but yeah our yeah. listeners are probably like oh god you know like george washington's on the show but uh yeah right <laughs> but yeah congratulations uh and Thank as we you. were talking about we we feel great we feel young and as you said when we see pitchers and catchers report and then the crack of that bat the pop of the mitt 
you know, I, I looked outside the window the other day. It was a little chilly out, but the sun was shining. And I was like, I could feel like it's 80 degrees because I saw that spring training <laughs> down in Florida. Yeah, and like you said, yeah. you, you see that baseball, you hear the pop of the mitt, and it's just it's refreshing. It, it really shows what kind of baseball fans we are. Um, you know, I never hear football fans talking about, oh, you know, the, the smell of the pigskin or <laughs> catching a football. But yeah, yeah. yeah, with with me and you, it's it's like, a, you know, a, a rite of spring almost. It's it's That's something right. you get excited about and it's very exciting. I can't wait. And I love the, the long season of baseball, um, the long games. I don't mind that there's three hour games. I don't mind four hour games. I'm not one of those time watchers. I want to enjoy the game. So uh, we'll talk more about that with the role changes all year long and especially on this show. But um, starting right off, uh, one of the biggest stories last week was a guy that's going to opt out of his contract and he's in a pretty big contract. Uh, I was very surprised to see this. This is getting nuts, Rich. Uh, you're talking about Manny Machado, of course, who finished second in the National League Most Valuable Player voting last year. He confirmed on Friday that he intends to opt out of his contract after this season. And he said to one reporter, there's a lot of money out there. As a player about to opt out, it's pretty good to see. He's 31. Uh he the Padres reportedly offered to add another five years to his contract and 105 million uh till the end of his current contract. And uh if you factor in the voidable part of his current contract, which left five years at 150 million, and and that San Diego would owe him 255 million over the next 10 years. And it wasn't enough to get his name on a new contract. Uh, originally, he signed a 10-year pack worth $300 million with the Padres prior to the 2019 season. And as per that agreement, he has the ability to opt out this winter or next winter. So uh, these guys are opting out of these contracts, Rich, that are crazy you know, money to begin with because there's more money to be had, they think. But, you know, 31, and what's he going to get? He's not going to get another 10-year deal, I don't think. Um, we'll see. But yeah. uh, it's nuts. And, uh, you know, another big contract, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jacob deGrom opted out of his contract here with the Mets and turned down $34.5 million, I think, Uh was what he would have been paid had he stayed on the contract. He got a larger contract from Texas, but lo and behold, the first uh, he missed the first four days of training camp with a sore left side, a stiff left side. So, uh, you know, it, there's always that injury thing and uh, teams taking chances on this. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we'll see. San Diego might just let him go after the yeah. season. Yeah, um, I I wouldn't be surprised. And as you said, it's ridiculous. I was curious to see what you were going to say about it. And we didn't talk about it before the show, but I'm appalled with it. Um, it it's everything that's wrong with baseball. And I realize that 
Each player is their own individual player. But come on, $300 million, a 10-year deal, you're making $30 million a year. Maybe he's unhappy in San Diego, but maybe it's a grab for money too. I don't know. But I'm so glad that the Phillies didn't end up signing him because I don't like a player like that. I, I don't care for, you know, this business end of baseball uh, creeping into the headlines and, uh, you know, especially something like this. I think he's going to face a lot of uh, flack for this from the fans. Well, he's going to put a lot of pressure on himself, too, for this year, which is, uh, you know, going to be difficult. I mean, last year he did finish second in the most valuable player thing, but he's got to top that. I mean, he's got to. He's got to equal that or top that this year, especially opting out. Look, uh, I know Jacob DeGrom, uh, getting back to him last year, he announced that he was going to opt out at the end of the season and then got hurt and missed, you know, uh, three quarters of the season. So it, it's, it's, a, he opted out anyway. So um, it, it, it's kind of crazy that they have these clauses, but I understand why the agents do it. I understand why the teams do it Uh, because, you know, if you sign a guy to a big long contract and he's not working out, um, (laughs) what do you do? You're stuck. You know, the Mets went through that with a Jason Bay. They were stuck with him for, and it it wasn't a a 10 year contract, but he, he had a three or four year deal. And, and, the guy was just, you know, not didn't play well and uh, never really played well again. Um, but they were stuck with him. And, you know, had there been an opt out, maybe he would have opted out for more money or maybe. Uh, see, I think if you're going to have an opt out, it should be both ways. Yeah, it should be both ways. I mean, uh, you got a team that's committing that much money for a long term to one player. And it's a one-sided opt-out. I don't. I don't understand that. Uh, I really don't. But um, you know, Machado. Let's look at his stats for the last four seasons with San Diego. He's got a 280 batting average, which is average to me. It's it's not anything great. You're not talking Pete Rose there. Uh, 108 <laughs> home runs. All right. I I took my iPhone calculator out. I don't know if you can see it. Um, for some quick math here, that's 27, (laughs) that's 27 average home runs per year. Okay. You know, that's pretty decent, but it's, it's not Aaron judge. Okay. Let's look at the, uh, RBIs, 340 RBIs over four seasons, 85 RBIs per season. Okay. Is that $30 million a year anymore? I mean, I don't think so. And it's not. It's not $40 million a year um, no, no, unless no. unless this whole world is crazy um, <laughs> with these prices. And, you know, a hot dog's going to be $50 this year and a beer is $20. You know, uh, there's got to be a limit to this. But uh, someday maybe we'll get to that limit. But uh, Machado apparently opting out for more money senses uh, some money in the air. Well, I, I think what's going to happen eventually is is what 
and again, I hate to keep bringing up the Jacob DeGrom situation, but, uh, you know, it's what I know best covering the Mets and what's going to happen is that uh, you're eventually going to find teams that are going to say, no, I'm not, you know, you can opt out, but I'm not going to resign you. And then there may not be a market somewhere else for a higher price. In DeGrom's case, there was a market. Texas wanted a, a, you know, starting pitcher badly and somebody with experience and a two-time Cy Young Award winner, and they were willing to take a chance. Uh, we'll see if that works out. If it doesn't work out, then then you might start to see these things not happen unless it's a Mike Trout or a Shohei Otani or something like that. But, you know, even a Mike Trout now, Mike Trout's not this, not 25 anymore. Yeah. I mean, he's not the same player he was five, six years ago. He's still a terrific, a great player. But if he opted out of his contract now, I don't think he'd get the same kind of money. He may or may not, but he's not putting up the same kind of numbers that he was, uh, you know, eight years ago or something. And, and that's not a knock on him, p- believe me. Uh, I'd take the guy in a heartbeat. But yeah, he's he's had a lot of injuries and and, you know, you don't hear him as much. Uh, he's kind of over been overshadowed by Otani with the Angels. And so, um, you know, those, those big money deals, those length of time. And I think that's why a team. In a way, you know, you said you don't understand the opt-outs, but I think that's why a team approves the opt-outs because they can throw a lot of money at a guy. And uh, if there's more money around, he's going to opt out and they can get out from under that contract. So I I think it kind of, you know, it's uh, that's the way it's going to work. And if other teams don't pick them up, and there's always going to be somebody, probably a big name, but the second tier guys, they don't start getting picked up. I think you'll see the contracts drop, but look, it's the, the prices never go down, Rich. You know that they never go yeah. down and it is what it is. And one thing we were talking about on the last show is the, uh, the bankruptcy of the Bally Sports Network. Uh, so yeah. that's going to affect baseball and revenues and things like that so uh, maybe these players don't read the news possibly but uh, that was an interesting development last week and of course the upcoming rule changes are an interesting development and we got an email from uh, our good buddy Jeff Cohen uh, who does baseball and barbecue podcast uh, along with Len his uh, broadcast partner there great show uh, mm-hmm. Check them out over at BaseballTalkRadio.com. But uh, Jeff's email says, hello, Rich and Gary. I was thinking about these insane new rules and came up with scenarios and jargon that we could use uh, and probably never thought of before. So uh, he's talking about the ghost runner being placed on uh, second base and in extra innings um, and also uh, a strikeout without throwing a pitch. Uh, when a batter takes longer than the allotted time on the pitch clock, uh, which also, he says, should be called the pace clock, the yeah. batter is charged to strike. So uh, theoretically, 
Uh, a batter could be out without a pitcher throwing a pitch in 2023. So that's going to be kind of strange. And yeah. the bigger the bigger bases uh, in 2023. I'm just amazed that these rule changes and where they came from and why. I realize games do have to uh, evolve a little bit and uh, change. I like the no shift rule. I'm not a big fan of that uh, when they shifted and you know the player like a lefty batter they have four four fielders over in right field so he couldn't get a hit practically that might change this year that would be interesting but as far as timing pitchers and things like that not in favor of it that's that's my own thought um well but- and and jeff brings up about the uh uh the uh, no shift, but it doesn't rule out the possibility of moving an outfielder in over to a short position. I mean, you could, uh, and and I think Jeff covered that in his email as well. Um, I don't have a problem with the bigger bases. I think the problem with the bases really were the uh, um, were the coding of the bases. They made them to look pretty for television, I think. And, and, uh, you know, but they get, they paint those bases. If people don't realize that and uh-huh. they get slick in wet weather. Uh, you know, we used to, now I'm going to date myself again, but we already gave my age, but when I was a kid, we, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> in 1960s, uh, we used to have those canvas bases. I don't know if you had canvas bases. Yeah, when canvas you were a bases. Kid. Yeah, of course. And I don't know what the hell was in them. Some, some cotton balls and, uh, they threw them down. And then I don't know what these are made of, of in, in, uh, major league baseball, but uh, whatever it is, it does get slick on a rainy day and guys can get hurt. So they were going to change, try to change that. Uh, I don't have a problem with the bigger bases. I think it it will save some things. Uh, I, I just don't get, um, you know, the shorter, it's going to be a shorter base running, but they're going to say that, no, it's still 90 feet because the 90 feet goes from baseline to uh, the middle of the field and the middle of the field to the other baseline. So that's where they're going to they're going to get the 90 feet from, I would imagine. Uh, but if anything, uh, I think a bigger base is, is going to maybe cause you to trip more. I mean, uh, it uh, might, but it, it gives you just that like a bang, bang play at first base. It gives you that much more i think that's what they're looking at things like that um yeah. uh it, it might come around second or third you're right it could it could hurt you there but uh i always said if they were worried about bang bang plays at first what i would have done is uh you know growing up a kid in new york city we played a lot of softball on schoolyards Mm-hmm. And they would paint down the diamond on on concrete in the schoolyard, and you'd play softball there. And uh, we had two bases, but they were next to each other. They would paint two bases next to each other, especially uh-huh. at first base. 
So the base, the base, the, you know, you hit the ball, you're running, you would have one base to touch and, and the first baseman had the other. So you would avoid those kind of uh, collision type of things. Um, that would be an opt-out thing. But I think the main reason they're doing this is because of bang-bang plays and, and guys blocking the base, so they're giving a little bit more of a surface area for a runner. They want to encourage more running. Um, they, and, and I'm all for that. Uh, I want to go back to old school baseball, more running, more hit and running, more bunting, do more of that sort of thing. That's just as exciting. I think it's more exciting when a guy drag bunts. Yeah. Uh, then a home run is, I mean, home runs are great. I love home. Don't get me wrong. I love home runs, but there's nothing. The most exciting play in baseball is a triple. I think. Yeah, you know, uh, or an inside the park home run, of course, but that's very rare. But a triple is is very exciting, and uh, a drag bunt and stolen bases because it just it makes you, if you if you're a fan watching a game, and you got to watch that base runner and the batter and the pitcher, you know, it just gets your attention more. I think. Uh, and, and they took that away from the game and now they want to bring it back. So, um, I don't have a problem with the, with the bases, the pitch clock. I don't like, but you know what? It's like anything else. We'll get used to it. They did it in the main, the minors, Mm -hmm. the guys coming up. We discussed this before the guys coming up in the future. We'll have no problem with it because they're doing it anyway in the minors. It's the current guys that'll have uh, any issues, if at all. Uh, I don't think they will, though. The top pitchers usually work pretty at a pretty good pace anyway, so I don't think they'll have a problem with it. And, um, you know, I, I still hate that ghost runner, though. That, that to me, is the, the worst thing yeah. that they could yeah. do. And thanks to the MLB, I just put this on the screen if you're watching the video version, which you can find over at YouTube, or of course we stream it to our Facebook page here on uh, Facebook every week live. Uh, Search out the Baseball Talk Radio Show and you can find us. uh, Hit like. Uh, It's almost like the subscribe button on YouTube and then you'll get notified when we go live or we have a new video for you to watch. But MLB's put out these rule changes in a nice large screen here that I can show nicely on our broadcast. And here's like the pitch timer things. And I hope they don't broadcast this on TV every time a pitch is attempted, you know, 15 second countdown. Don't show me that this year, please. Uh, or I'll just have to listen on radio because, or, <laughs> you know, I won't watch the, the games if they have a little pitch timer and the, bottom of the screen come on i mean this is ridiculous uh runners on 20 seconds bases empty 15 that's going to go by fast folks it's almost going to be like the nfl when they have like i don't even know how long they have 10 seconds to snap a ball maybe um and and you're going to see a lot of violations this year it's just going to be one of those things where a pitcher is going to be distracted or whatever and there's always that batter pitcher relationship that you know has to be right you know or a pitcher's just going to throw the ball if the batter's not ready they call time at odd times you know that's what screws up a time of baseball but 
Anyway, here's the sh uh, shift restrictions here on the video version of the show. Uh, two fielders must be positioned on either side of second base when a pitch is released. So you're not going to be able to cross that imaginary dotted line that goes from home plate out through second base and out to the um, start of the uh, the outfield there. Uh, shift restrictions, increased batting average, and decreased strikeouts in the minors while giving players more opportunity to show off their athleticism. Yeah, they might get more hits this way. Uh, <laughs> but if you also notice with that, mm -hmm. that it doesn't say anything about the outfields, and that's what I think uh, Jeff's point was, that there's there's nothing saying that you can't move an outfield into a shorter, uh, you know, like a, a short center fielder, or uh, if you've got a dead pole a left-handed hitter up, you could move your left fielder over between the first and the second baseman. Uh -huh. um, theoretically, I mean, I don't know, uh, but that's that's what Jeff was trying to point out in his uh, one of the points he made in his uh, email. So that's that's something to uh, to be aware of and to look out for. Yeah, maybe there's other wording that we haven't seen yet for the outfield because, yeah, that would make a lot of sense if they weren't able to to move either because, like you said, yeah, the left fielder could come over into the right field and then you have the same situation, you know. You'll just but have then to... you run the risk if a guy does hit it down left field, he can run all day. Yeah, and that, that exists now. I mean, on certain shifts or, you know, last year, rather and the year before that and every other year before that that you know sometimes the whole left field was open for a player if they wanted to just slap it down left field and play quote unquote dirty pool or in my opinion they should have been doing that you know like why well, that's if, the way yeah if a baseball team's going to give you a hit why not just hit it down there and get a hit i mean i, I don't understand <laughs> it you know uh, it, it's elementary on that, but uh, the bigger bases here, getting to that 15 inch square going to 18 inch square. But if you saw some pictures online, Twitter, or wherever you happen to watch your baseball, they had the comparison of the bases. They looked awfully much bigger than three inches bigger, but uh, you know, it reduces three inches from home to first, home to third. Uh, so it does reduce a little bit of the steps. So like you were saying, Gary, some of them bang, bang plays are maybe going to favor the runner now. Depends how, you know, close it is. But, uh, you know, these rule changes being implemented in the MLB this year, still not so sure that they needed it. But one thing's for sure, we're going to see it right out of the gate uh, in 2023 here for opening day. Yeah, certainly will. And, and we'll have to get used to it as well. But we got used to the DH in the National League. So I guess we'll get used to that as well. well you and did. Rich. You did. <laughs> well, and I'm sir. still not. I still don't like it. But I mean, right. you know, it's here. So what are you going to do? I mean, uh, not much you can do about it. Yeah, that's for Rich, sure. And, and one thing you're going to see when you go to the ballpark this uh, 
this summer or or even this spring opening day new new video board a massive new video board being installed in citizen bank park for the 2023 season it'll be the largest scoreboard one of the largest scoreboards in major league baseball featuring high dynamic range uh 4k and hdr capable with an increase of 77 percent in size over the previous display the new structure is currently being installed will officially debut at the phillies home opener against the cincinnati reds on thursday april 6th and uh you will be there yes yes i'll be there and believe it or not i I got a Sunday plan this year and the Phillies existing jumbotron, if you want to call that, they used to call those jumbotrons years yeah, ago yeah. was, yeah. was really nice. It was like an HD television screen at home, yeah. um, 4k, if you want to even call it that, but yeah, this one's going to be even bigger. Uh, I can't imagine what it's going to look like and i'm directly across from it so i'll benefit from it dramatically uh uh, i'll be right across from the screen on different games i've been at different angles to this um screen but this year i'm going to benefit the most of it and i'm I'm really happy about it can't wait to see it 77 percent bigger that's huge (laughs) i mean uh but I do like New York's uh, boards out there. They they have a nice at the Mets stadium there. Um, they had a nice thing going on too. So maybe that's going to be a thing amongst the teams now with these bigger screens and you know the fans love it and uh, it it benefits everybody that goes to the game. So I can't wait. They have a lot of information on it. Of course, have a lot of ads too. You get pestered yeah. with, but, um, you know, if you've ever been to the Philadelphia, only, they have some fun things too. The only problem I find with those things, uh, you find yourself looking at those things so often you miss the freaking game a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of distractions at the game. And, you know, if you're used to watching the game at home, sometimes you're even more of a fan of watching it from home. Um, right. so it's, it's not always essential to be at the stadium. I like the sound, the smells, the, you know, the whole nine yards. Uh, it's very relaxing to me and you can see other things at the game that you can't see on television, of right. course, but, uh, the real in close stuff, you know, like, you're going to miss it at the stadium. You don't know that, you know, the batter just did this or that because you just saw something and maybe the hot dog guy was yelling or the beer guy and he <laughs> he, he distracted you and uh yeah it's 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 interesting but um you know it's going to be a great screen i can't wait and of course i'll be letting you know how it is uh right after opening day there in philadelphia april 6th a thursday I I still get a thrill. I don't know if you do, but uh, you know, in old Shea Stadium, when you used to come, you used to go in and you used to go up a tunnel. Remember the tunnels coming out to the ballpark? Yeah. Boy, you come up that tunnel, and the first game of the year you go to, you couldn't see the field, and then you come up the tunnel, 
and you see that field for the first time, boy, it used to give me a thrill. It used to give me uh, goosebumps. Uh, yeah. The green, the dirt, you know, it just was what a thrill baseball's back. And uh, yeah. same thing in City Field when you see it, uh, except it's a little bit more open. So you see it before you, you can see it before you get to your seats. Because it's it's the open style now. That's the style. No more of the tunnels that you came up. But, um, you know, I get I, I when I went to the Cyclones game as well. Minor league uh, got that thrill as well. Uh, and and I don't think you ever lose that, no matter how old you get, uh, because it's it's just the thrill of being at the ballpark. I think and. Uh, uh, as you say, hearing the noise and, and the sounds and uh, but uh, there is a lot of distractions nowadays. And I it's it's an entertainment uh, thing. It's an entertainment venue. It becomes an entertainment dollar and they're vying against, uh, you know, so much other stuff, movies and whatnot and other sporting events. So I guess that's where it has to come in. But uh it is a shame, you know, years ago you used to go and, uh, but there always was, you know, remember all the guys with the, the radios in their ears, the yeah, yeah, yeah. radios when I was a kid. And when I had season tickets, I had a pair of headphone. Remember the headphone radios? Yeah, sure. I had, I had a headphone radio from uh, radio shack and almost uh, like I, mine that I'm wearing today. Yeah. Yeah. New gadget I picked up for the show. Yeah. And, and I would have it, I would have those, I, I would listen to the, to the game on the radio just yep. so you would, you know, if there was an argument or something, you'd, you'd say, what are they arguing about? You know, at least you could get an idea from the radio. So, yeah, I still uh, have to listen to radio when I'm at a game because to me, you do miss a lot. Um, you and do. you, you can be informed more greatly if you're listening, I'll have one earbud airpod whatever you want to call it in and listening to the game you know at a low volume and you know you pick up little things that you might not know oh these batting you know oh for 25 you know and then he gets a hit yeah. but uh interesting and technology and, and one thing that drives me crazy though gary is in philadelphia it's like a minute and a half behind uh the real oh, yeah. time <laughs> so you're you're sitting there listening to stuff that you already saw you know yeah, yeah, sync yeah, it yeah, together yeah. mlb if you're listening to this <laughs> if you're at this stadium you should be hearing it real time you're paying a lot of money for this <laughs> and, and look with with technology nowadays you can watch the game at the ballpark you can sit there on your phone and, uh, you know, SNY, who broadcast the Mets game, has an app. I can get the app at the game and watch the game while I'm sitting there. Yeah, uh, pretty cool. And then, then you begin to wonder, well, why am I paying $30 for parking then? I can do this at home and stay warm. Um, yeah. Unless you go or in, cool in summertime. if it's or, uh, or cool. cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, all that's going to be great fun when the season starts up. And um, Gary, uh, another thing is uh, the MLB is going to have one of its showcase games or series over there in London again. 
this year. And we'll be talking about that more as the season starts up. But just wanted to remind our listeners, uh, June 24th and the 25th there, London Stadium. It's going to be the St. Louis Cardinals and the Chicago Cubs going at it at the MLB World Tour. Exciting for the fans of those teams and, uh, you know, people over in London as well and, and England. There's a whole contingent, and I'm sure you know, you have a lot of listeners from London on your Mets Musings podcast, and they're they're buying into this baseball thing. You know, uh, there's a lot of football, quote unquote, soccer fans on this side of the pond in the USA that watches um, their premiership games over there in the uh, London League there. So it's going back and forth. Nice relationship between uh, both countries and both fans, big contingent of Phillies fans over there in London, as well as Mets and all the individual teams. So pretty fun that this is happening. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's great. That should be a good series. Cubs and the Cardinals, of course, uh, uh, regular longtime rivals. So should be a good series. Good two teams to send over. They had the Yankees and the Red Sox over there. Maybe the Mets and the Phillies will go one year, Rich. Yeah, that would be that? amazing. That would be great, right? That would be a great, greatly attended series. I can guarantee you that. Uh, the New York fans and the Philly fans. And it's a great rivalry. Uh, it's going to be a good one this year. Mets have a ton of pitching. The Phillies have some offense. Uh, can't wait to get the season started. But, uh, hey, just a, a little note before we wrap it up today, uh, Gary. Uh, mm-hmm. John Heyman, uh, the longtime writer, MLB network guy, I, I saw a tweet from him earlier in the week, and it, it struck me as a little funny. He says, you think spring training is so glamorous and things like, here's <laughs> a shot of my hotel room. I don't know if you saw this one, but no. he was staying at, staying at a day's in, and it was like he put a picture up of it, and nothing against day's ins, but it wasn't quite the three or four star standard that I guess, or five star standard that most of the ball players are used to. But he, he mentioned, he says, I have to keep my shoes on walking through every room of this place. Oh, so okay. uh, it was a funny tweet, uh, amusing there. And I was like, I just shook my head. I was like, if people only knew, you know, like, but uh, John Heyman there, MLB network, can't you upgrade them a little bit? Yeah, Possibly. you would think <laughs> you would think with his stature and and doing this so many years, he would have a, a standing room at the, uh, another hotel. But uh... and here's the tweet. If you're watching our uh, broadcast on uh, YouTube or Facebook live here, that's we stream, uh, by the way, now on Sundays around 11 to 12 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, if you want to tune in live join our facebook feed but there's the hotel right off on the left here <laughs> pro tip wear shoes in the room at all times so uh gave now me the, a giggle the thing with the uh, uh john Heyman is he goes visits all different camps so he's in and out of these places too he's not staying at one you know right he may right. have one that he uses a base but he's traveling all over the place so uh um yeah. Doesn't give high recommendations of what Pierce uh, days in. <laughs> yeah. So uh, 
All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Baseball Talk Radio Show. Check our show out at BaseballTalkRadio.com. Wherever you get your podcast, make sure you hit subscribe. Go over to our YouTube page and uh, hit like and subscribe over there. We have 300 and some odd subscribers already to our YouTube. Maybe we can boost that over to 1,000 this year. That would be a great goal. And um, check out Gary's baseball talk radio show he does on the Mets called Mets Musings. I do a show on the Phillies. It's called Phillies Talk Podcast. So uh, can't wait for next week's show. We'll be talking more about everybody reporting this week. The uh, position players are reporting a spring training. So, Gary, can't wait for next week's show already. Yep. Pretty soon we'll have some games on television, maybe. And uh, one thing before we go, my condolences to you on your Philadelphia Eagles uh, uh, losing the Super Bowl just last week. I think we talked about that. I think we talked about that last week. It's the first time last week was the Super Bowl. All right. Well, Thanks for the condolences. <laughs> it seemed like we talked about it, but I, uh, I texted you. That's what it was. <laughs> okay. But yeah, the Eagles, you know, I don't know what happened, but, uh, you know, they At made least it. It was a good game. They made it to the Super Bowl. It was entertaining. Uh, they kept it close, even though it shouldn't have been as close with the way they were playing. But uh, anyway, yeah. uh, Looking forward to the start of baseball season and next week's show here on the Baseball Talk Radio Show. We'll see you then.